Hi, friends. Welcome again to Finding Me Champions of Hope podcast. Wow. You know, we were with Dr. Michelle Stevens. We, we hope that you had a chance to listen to our last podcast where Michelle was able to share with us some of the tools and, and some of her thoughts about uh, not, not only early adolescent type uh, structure that we need to help our children find emotional resilience, but also about ourselves as well. Some of the health care, some of the self-care that we can use. And there was an important word that uh, that uh, Michelle used, Annette, that soul care and the science of hope. And I am so excited, Michelle, part two, here we go, to get into something else that we really love. Well, be- before we talk about Enneagrams, we, we were having a great discussion about uh, about parental and and uh, caregiver responsibilities and and the differences between being a Santa Claus or a Scrooge mm-hmm. recognizing that uh, there there is there is middle ground and there's things that we need to recognize as parents and caregivers that uh, will will help can can we just before we get into enneagrams can we just talk about signs can we talk about things that maybe as parents we should be watching for, looking for in a time in the history of the world where life is different and it will never be the same as it was pre-pandemic? Yeah. And, and because of that, we, we have a lot of people, including ourselves, who often walk around a little bit uh, not sure which, which direction should I take. And a lot of that is because of the changes that have happened because the world has literally changed in front of our eyes. Right. And so as we as we transition into this discussion, part two, let's just talk a little bit about, about uh, signs and, and things that uh, we can watch for in our children as maybe as well as in, in each other. It doesn't have to be just our children, but what can we watch for, uh, whether it comes to those kids or ourselves, so that we can become more resilient, so we can identify what is necessary to find that resiliency? Yes. Uh, such a good question, an important question, uh, given our day and age. I think um, noticing, like you said, first within ourselves, where is the reactivity? Is it around our kids' behavior? Is it around what what is happening to what it, what is going on on their day to day? And then kind of zoning in from there and saying, like, okay, which parts? Um, is it the school part? Is it the after school part? Is it uh, around uh, self them self efficacy and care around uh, for themselves, um, and then just keep dialing in uh, to get to the root or the core of the issue. And that core issue may be per- pervasive around um, the other parts of their life, but um, that's at least kind of how you can think about it. Um, and seek help early. Um, is is what I recommend. Um, even just listen to your intuition on this and don't deny it or try to, uh, you know, substitute it or make up for it in any way, but uh, really seek help early. Um, for folks that, that typically looks like um, first, I think like uh, mental health or a psychologist, um, so seeing a counselor, seeing someone that can really help discern or even uh, work up what might be going on. Um, but I, I really believe, I believe this in, in not just physical health, obviously, like, you know, getting that speech therapist in early or physical therapist in early, but your mental health therapist really getting that in early, 
um, to really start to, to figure that out together and, and get to the root of the issue. Um, and then also to uh, not think of, of therapy as the traditional sort of um, talk therapy, but what is it around um, what we could stop doing and start doing? Is it actually just creating more space in the day, doing less? Is it actually just being more creative um, and, and allowing for more of the child's, maybe you're, you're pushing them in sports or whatever else, maybe just stepping back and seeing like, what is it really that they want to be doing? And what is it that they're really good at doing? Um, and listening to uh, what they what they want. Um, and, and, and so that can be, and also the differences in therapy, right? So like there's, there's group therapy. I, for one, I have all the resources, all the connections. And it, I asked over 19 therapists to have a one-on-one session with my son, because that's what we needed or thought we needed. And really they, they didn't, I, I would get like, oh, we only see kids that are on medication or always oh, only see kids on this insurance or oh, we only see kids, you know, in this capacity. And I'm just like, okay, um, now I have to go back to the drawing board and see how else I can get help. And it was honestly through a, a parent uh, support group that um, the healing for my son was able to, to start. Um, it was accessible and it was actually what we needed to do and change in our lives for him, not necessarily him needing to change. Um, and, and the change happened kind of in the, the sort of downward effect where it started with me and, and went through, through him. That's an interesting, that's an interesting thought because I think that sometimes in our convenient, uh, ways, we, we tend to push the situation aside to someone else. Yeah. It's the school's responsibility. It's, it's right. the church's responsibility. It's someone else's. But, but I, love, I love what you said, that uh, you found the help that you were looking for, not necessarily in that, in that professional one-on-one counseling, but with others as well. And, and, I, and I really believe that we can take that even further. And uh, just the time spent... The, the 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 critical time that we need to spend with with those that are important to us, whether it's uh, myself with Annette or with our children, regardless of their age or with their situation, that's where we begin to see maybe some of the the the, the concerns is is through those conversations. But that's also where we can be the resources that maybe we try to push off. Yeah, and and I don't know if this is a good time, but I would love to talk about what I'm actually building and wanting to see yeah. in the world because I feel, I just feel like people don't have those maybe resources or connections or folks in their life to go to. And what I'm trying to build is a social network for the future of healthcare, because what we believe fundamentally is that health happens in community. And so, you know, because we live in a sort of isolationist society where you're an individual society, right? You're, you're supposed to do it alone on your own, by your own. We want to be able to quite literally connect parents with a network of other parents that are going through a similar life stage and be able to support them and equip them with the things that they would need to support themselves and then thereby their, their, their family. Um, and so we're doing this 
digitally, knowing that that's the world we live in. Um, and we're doing this with the two things we think parents crave most. They crave medical expertise that is personalized um, and individualized to their, to their needs, paired with parental community. Anecdotal wisdom, the tried and true, the what you are doing, the I'm not alone, uh, parental community to really give that holistic sort of experience to parenthood. It's beautiful and it's needed. When you talked about how health happens in community, you know, I was I was thinking about what we're doing. And it was perfect, and it just dovetails together with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to do things alone. Yeah. And I, it, I was listening to a another podcast um, on my bike ride. I go on bike rides and just kind of plug in and go and along the mountain trails and beautiful. And um, they were talking about trees and how they had cleaned up this grove of trees because it was, they, you know, some dead trees were down and they just thought, we'll just clean things up and make it look nicer for people when they come in and put some benches and things. And what happened to this grove was that because they took away the experienced, the old, the previous generation, mm. that those trees weren't thriving. Yes. And how they really needed each other and those nutrients. And I, I relate that to what you're doing, Michelle, yes. with, with your community and yes. what we're doing. It's we need each other. Yes. So, what a good metaphor. Yes. So let's take the uh, idea of uh, Oath Care just a little bit further. You know, you you are the founder of OathCare.com. And 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 can we can we maybe just explore that a little bit further? Yes. And uh, I'm a co-founder, my, my co-founder, uh, Camilla Herman, as well. Uh, we have started this together on the, on the grounds of community. Uh, could not do this without her, for sure, and, and our now team. Oh, man. Um, yeah, we uh, started out with the understanding that pediatrics is broken and parenthood is isolating. And so how can we start to really start solve these problems? Well, we're solving them um, through doing more for kids and giving parents a really solid way of communicating and networking. Um, so every parent, when they come on the platform, we are an app, gets a care team. And that care team is a stage specific specialist so the stages that we address at this time are fertility, pregnancy, and pediatrics. So in fertility, you get a fertility navigator. In pregnancy, you get a doula. And in pediatrics, you get a pediatrician or a pediatric nurse. And you get a mental health therapist. You get a parent guide. And the parent guide is someone a bit further along in the journey that can really be a light at the end of the tunnel, really speak into that experience, share vulnerable conversations, and connect you with the other specialists that we have on our team that you may need. You might not even know that you need them, but you're like, oh, let me connect you with this person. And Love so it. in that care team, you can ask, yes, 
any question 24-7. So we're really meant to be with you in those moment-to-moment experiences of parenthood because to your point, we want to go back to that village concept. We want to go back to that time where folks were living in tight community with each other and you had one pediatrician that really knew you and your family and your family of origin and could really speak deeply into your experience. And so these this chat, uh, asynchronous chat, can really start to build relationships um, long-term, longitudinally with your um, team. And we pair this care, core care team with parental community. So community forums based on stages that you can connect with all sorts of specialists. So not just like a pediatrician or a, or a doula, but your lactation consultant, your sleep consultant, your pelvic floor therapist, your speech and language uh, consultant, your, um, goodness, uh, acupuncturist, your, um, there's just so many we offer to speak into the experience more personally, more individually um, than honestly any pediatrician or OB or fertility navigator could. Um, We want to start to elevate those uh, practitioners um, and bring them back to the heart of medical care, which is connection to folks and and really creating better relationships, which we think means better care. That's awesome. So so how can our listeners participate and download the, uh, the app that you have? Yes, you go to our website, like you said, oathcare.com. We are completely free right now. We are a free service uh, for our entire platform. So please, any and all individuals, get on our app um, and try us out. We would love to support you. We are on the Google Play Store. We are for Android and we're for Apple. So on the uh, Apple App Store, uh, just plug in uh, OathCare. Wow, I'm thinking I have so many ideas of how I could have benefited from something like this mm-hmm. um, earlier on in, in our life. And, and quite honestly, how, you know, grandchildren and, and, and daughters and others could benefit from now and, and friends that are posting that are, you know, so heartbroken with fertility issues and yes. and all these things and and this is such a great community and a resource for them and I will be reaching out and just saying go here. Oh, thank you. you need it's to incredible do. the testimonials we hear like moms are saying like I don't know motherhood without oath. Or they're saying like oath is the first place I go for care and support. I mean that's like you know, I think we're really hitting a nerve here. I think folks are really craving this sort of care and support that really doesn't exist elsewhere. That's, that's that, great. That, that is great. So I, I'm curious about the name, Oath Care. Yeah, it's an homage to the Hippocratic Oath to okay. do no harm. And, you know, the every doctor since, honestly, I think through the very beginning has taken this oath to do no harm. But we recognize that our healthcare system and medical system as it exists today and since has done harm. 
uh, institutional harm. And, and we want to get back to the true definition of doing no harm um, and to really put a spotlight on the injustices and disparity that has been created um, through our institutions. We are now elevating uh, folks, uh, both members, facilitators, our parent guides and specialists who identify as BIPOC. Um, we want to be able to actually reach the over 50% of women in the United States that are on Medicaid. 50% of women are on Medicaid in the United States. In some states, it's over 60%. And wow. so we want to actually create a service that will not further the disparity of care, but bring bridge the gap and bring us closer to a more equitable, um, accessible system. And that's why we're creating a system that's free. It will always at some level be free, but we will also have opportunities in which people can engage and go deeper um, for a cost. But it's always important to us that it's accessible and um, quite honestly possible for anyone to receive this sort of care and support. So I, I appreciate that. We'll actually put the the uh, the information and the and the links on our on our show notes with that. But uh, we would strongly encourage you to to uh, to check out this website and to and to download this 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 opportunity. I mean, hey, it's free. First of all, you know what? That always gets people's attention. But more important than that, it's it's a, a value. And and mm -hmm. I, I I appreciate the fact that you're doing that. And that that might be the most uh what could i say what would be the right word to use here that might be the most uh, strange transition into yeah. the next uh, area that i'm going to go into here uh but you're very passionate about what you do and we understand your passion uh probably like people understand our passion to to focus on on the finding me app and uh, trying to be champions of hope we, we do it because of a number of things. It's not just because we lost a son. It's not just because we don't have anything else to do, but we, we wanted to be able to be a force for good. And I, I like what Gandhi once said. He said that uh, in a gentle way, you can change the world. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I really believe that in a gentle way, people like yourself, Michelle, are changing the world. And so I guess the question that I have before we get into Enneagrams here, which we're kind of building up and building up to this whole yes. idea of Enneagrams, but but I just have a question. Do you have to be passionate about something to be able to make a difference in the world? What are your thoughts there? Ooh, good question. Good question. You know, I think the way that I would answer that is that you have to be optimistic. Optimism is a motivator. Pessimism is not. You think having a pessimistic uh, view is, um, is, is a way to be uh, resourceful, conservative, but really that leads to a scarcity mindset. There, there's a limit, there's an end, and I just want to hoard and hold up and just crawl into my little hole. But having that optimistic point of view. And that may be passionate. That, that could be, you could be super passionate about being optimistic. You could also be super passionate about being pessimistic. But I think having an optimistic view allows for abundance, allows for the uh, opportunity for whatever it is 
will be something that is not nothing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think my answer to that would be um, strive or try to find where you can be optimistic because that will lead to abundance and that will lead to, um, I think, value, passion, purpose. Uh, love, love that answer. I, I love that answer because, you know, there are a lot of people that probably don't know where to even start. And and uh, maybe the place that you start is just just within your own home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You know, find find that uh, self-care, find that hope, find that uh, that ability that uh, that it seems to be lacking in our in our world today. You know, one, one more quote Margaret Mead said, she said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that ever has. Mm-hmm. And yes. so and so listeners, you do have the ability to change the world in a, in a uh, in a gentle way. And you had some thoughts. Well, I love this. I love the spark that comes from you. And and I and listeners, if you are listening, you can actually also watch this. If you download our app on, you can find it at the Google Play Store or there on the Apple uh, at the App Store. But the resources that individuals are providing. You mentioned earlier, and I think it was in the past episode, a calling. Mm-hmm a dry, you know, and I look at that as, and that's what I've felt like with this. And Mark and I have felt that this is, it's unique. And it's, and it's, it's not something that, that, like you said, Mark, that, you know, it's not that we don't have anything else to do. Yes. This desire that is calling and propelling us forward to help others and make a difference in this world. And you don't have to be world and you don't have to be called to the work to do it. And you don't. And And we all have it in us. We all have this unique call within us. And I think what the world says is that you need to have an opinion. You need to have an opinion on everything. You need to be a scientist and an epidemiologist and uh, a lawyer. And it's just, we don't need to be everything for everyone, but to really focus in on what that is that is unique in you, what that, and it can be anything. Like, I mean, there, there is no difference or um, one's better than the other. It's just, what is, what is you and what makes you uniquely you? And the world would be a better place if people just dialed into that and, and show, showed it. Yeah. And so we don't have to, just, you know, follow that cookie cutter pattern, which kind of brings me into Enneagrams. Finally. Finally, (laughs) we are here. And just to give you a little story background, I was seeing um, a therapist in all vulnerability here, and she asked me to do this. And I thought, Okay, here we go. You know, another one of these personality tests. Mm -hmm. But she also asked me to have Mark do this. And it was the biggest eye opener of who I was. Mm -hmm. And it helped me to find myself. We, We are uniquely us. 
and, mm -hmm. and everyone is uniquely us. And, and maybe just to take that one step before and to why this was such an epiphany to us when we recognized what our Enneagram types were is that 11 years ago when we lost our 21-year-old son to the effects of a brain tumor, we were going at uh, stress and anxiety, depression in so many different ways. We, we were trying to heal, but we were healing differently. Yeah. And we both thought at the time, as we've reflected back, that uh, there was a cookie cutter way of grieving. Mm -hmm. And I thought that uh, Annette should have been grieving the way that uh, I do. And she thought that I should maybe be grieving the way that she did. Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why there are marital difficulties when there is stress in, in marriages. Uh, I've seen the statistics of, uh, of uh, families where the parents divorce so because hard. of the loss of a child. And, yes. and it, it's, it's awful. It's, it's terrible to see those statistics. But until we took the Enneagram, we didn't really understand. I had taken Myers-Briggs type, uh, you know, assessments in the past, yeah. but, but I never really appreciated them until we took the Enneagram, which uh, came out and, and, and feel free to add anything that you want to on this, uh, Michelle. But uh, I came out as, what we refer to as a number three, which is an achiever. Yeah. And, uh, and that came out as a number two, which is a helper. And if you mm -hmm. read about the, the dichotomy of the two of those together, sometimes there's a little bit of clashing. Yep. Yep. Uh, my uh, husband is a three uh, and uh, I am an eight, uh, which I think is the challenger. Mm -hmm. um, and all my best friends are twos. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So will you explain, I mean, you've, you've, you know, you've taken this in a whole different area than we have, I'm sure because of your background and your, yeah. what you're doing, will you just share with our listeners the yes. power of this and how it helps in healing and our journeys with stress and communication and everything else? Yes. Uh, the way that I understand it is it has been a way for me to be more consciously aware of who I am and, and what my tendencies and proclivities are to responding to the world. And honestly, there is no bad or better or worse Enneagram type. It's just who we are. And there are nine of them. And actually, all nine of them live within us. We're, we're, we're the sum parts of our whole. It's just that we... Um, have one that's more dominant than yeah. the other, uh, than the others. And so, um, really understanding ours and then how ours relates to everyone else, um, is just can help us navigate who we are in relationship with others in the world. And like you, like it has done for your marriage and my marriage allowed us to just thrive and prosper and, and enjoy, um, each other for each other's differences and acknowledge them and grow from them. Um, yeah. So that's why I love the Enneagram. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it because when we got our results back, uh, I was able to read about Annette being a helper and, uh, and, and we read, we read each other's uh, profile basically. And we said, wow, this, this thing pegs us to a T to a T <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and it helped me to understand why Annette, is the way that she is. That sounds really negative, but and and it helped her to understand the way that I am. Yeah. And and as we sat down and we talked about it, which by the way, communication that could be another 
podcast altogether. Uh, but as we sat down and we talked about that, we we began to understood understand why each of us are the way that we are, and it was a good thing. It was, it was it, it, it was a tender thing actually. It was a tender thing, and and our ability and our to communicate now, it's it's so much greater than it ever was, and I didn't ever dream of it being like this. Oh. I didn't see it being possible, yeah. but having that understanding, it it made all the difference in the world, and and it really brings us back to everything we're doing. And if we take the blinders off, if we push that fear aside, and we open our eyes to truly see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, listeners, uh, just so that you know, we we actually, this is not a commercial for Enneagram, but we actually offer Enneagram uh, in, in one of our courses there. And so if you haven't done so already, we would encourage you to download our Finding Me app. And uh, we'll we'll direct you to to uh, the Enneagram and, and uh, you can do and take that assessment yourself. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, to get uh, on that uh, train of like understanding each other and ourselves, like my husband, he kind of doesn't really emote as much as a three. Um, And I am very emotive and expressive, like all my anger and sadness and fear and joy and all of that, just like it's, it's very front and center. And for him, it is not. And so, you know, he would just, he just recently said, like, I feel like you're not tender with my emotions. You know, I was like, oh, dagger, no. But what I was able to understand because he's a three is that, okay, first of all, as an eight, I bulldoze over things. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very strong in the way that I go through life. And then also with him, it's like, oh, maybe the way that he shows his emotions isn't the way that I understand them or recognize them. And so I need to be more attentive to the way that he's emoting in his own way so that I can reach him better. And so like Enneagram just there where it could have been like, you know, a, a phrase like that, like you're not tender with my emotions. That could be like, that you know, be I'm like, okay, like, you know, but I'm, I'm sharing this with you to, to say that how Enneagram has really helped. And this was just recently identify how, you know, I am the way that I am. He is the way that he is. And now we can come together better and solve this because, because of that. Two, two thoughts. Number, number one is he probably wouldn't have shared that with you if he hadn't done his Enneagram. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing maybe at least in those words. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and number two is that it did allow for a constructive conversation versus a conversation that might have before been looked at as uh, as an attack. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's interesting because we talk about uh, communities, we talk about growing up and family dynamics. And one of the things that we've learned over time is that finan- family dynamics can be completely, completely different. And and when we try to use that cookie cutter approach that Annette mentioned, we, we get in trouble because my values might not be your values. And and regardless, and, and sometimes who is to say that my 
I'm my idea is more important than your idea. Right. And 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 this whole idea of communication, uh, especially in times of stress, especially in times of uh, difficulties in our lives, is so critical. But too often, I think, Michelle, we we put ourselves in a little bit of a silo during those times. It was common. In, in my, you know, for someone over 60, like myself, and and that always reminds me that she's not anywhere close to how old I am. But in my silo, it was always, you kind of shove it under the rug. And, and you know, it's not constructive to show your emotions. Yep. And, and what... Those are Trey's exact words, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> but sometimes it does kind of become a guy thing and a, and, and a woman thing. And and, and it shouldn't be that way. And it, it shouldn't. But what it brings us back around to is we all can learn. Yeah. We all can progress. And, you know, here, Michelle, you know, I'm looking and it's Dr. Michelle. You know, you are so educated and, and what you have done and what you have focused on, but yet you're still learning. Oh, yeah. And and these things and these tools and these resources have helped you not only professionally but personally and in your family and to help be a better wife and a, and a mother and a friend. I mean, the ability and the skills that we gain if we're willing to allow ourselves to find who we are. That's right. I think once we stop learning and growing, we die. And we might not die in the physical sense, but absolutely in, in the other other ways. So and true. So, oh, we just, so I mean, that's what this life feels like. It's all about to learn, to grow. Um, and, and yeah, the <laughs> I'm done with the degrees, but I'm definitely on a path where I can always be learning more, understanding more, and yeah, growing more into the person that I ultimately am yeah. meant to be. I, I know many people that have multiple degrees, but don't have an understanding. Mm. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. And so, Michelle, as we as we finish up our, our second uh, part here, we, we want to just give you the last few minutes uh, to, to share anything that you would like to that maybe you feel like we're missing, any anything that uh, might be a capstone onto our conversations. Uh, as we've talked about a lot of things, you know, we've probably been more over the board uh, than, than we typically are on a particular subject or two, but it's only because we appreciate your, your wisdom and your knowledge. But finish our conversation off with uh, – any thoughts, epiphanies, anything that you might have that uh, might benefit our our listeners? I am, we covered a lot, but I am so passionate about the experience of motherhood being elevated and uh, recognized as not so much for who we would say as women, um, to mother uh, is is a calling for all of us to take care. You know, we say Mother Earth. We take care of Mother Earth. Uh, motherhood to take care of each other, to take care of uh, the younger generation is just, I think, not only a call on my life, but on everyone's life. 
And I, I just would love for folks to recognize that, um, that call that, that they have. Um, and, uh, for folks that are struggling to actually become parents of children, you know, my heart, my heart goes out to you, but I also want to say that, that there is so much hope and possibility for you to mother in so many other ways. Um, and there are so many opportunities. And so, um, yeah, that, that's actually, I guess the only point I would like to share is that I think to mother, uh, means to, to go back to source or origin and to understand that who we are as human beings fundamentally um, means to be in relationship, means to, um, yeah, really partake in what it is to be human. Um, and that means to to be with each other So um, and, and care for each other. So yeah, that's those are my, my, my final thoughts. So well thought and said. Thank you so much. Uh, we've been talking with uh, Dr. Michelle Stevens, and, and we, we so much appreciate you. Uh, we, we look forward to, uh, to going on to the website, uh, oathcare.com, and downloading the, uh, the app. You know, again, that uh, free spoke to me. Uh, yeah, so so we, we appreciate that. And we appreciate you. And we appreciate your wisdom and, and the care that you have. And we, we recognize listeners that uh, many of us are in different uh, stages of our lives. But the one stage that we are always in is, is to learn and to grow and to progress. And re regardless of where you are, whether you're young, whether you consider yourself older, we all have that opportunity to learn and to grow. And we appreciate you for listening to our Finding Me Champions of Hope podcast. And with that, we hope to, uh, to see you back next week with our next, uh, with our next show. Thank you and keep caring. <laughs>